Yeah. You're protected when you're with the archangels. You're protected when you're in the will of God. You're protected when you're moving by faith. Faith is what protects you, the shield of faith. The greater your faith, the greater your shield from the enemy. You're, until your faith's perfect and then you can't be touched whatsoever. So, how do we get our faith authored and perfected? To have fun with God on a celestial level, on an underwater level, in the Garden of Eden, in all the realms that were created for us to enjoy with God. We humble ourselves, we remove the root of pride, we let Dad fill us with his love, like living water, like a spring. Be still and know that I am God. Stillness, quietness, not adding to his spirit, not adding to his word. There's nothing we can add to the Trinity, to the measure we can yield, is the measure will experience him. And the only thing that gets in the way of encountering God perfectly all the time is our own pride. Pride is the very nature of hell. It's the reason for all sin, sickness, and disease. It's the reason for the fall of the angels and man. The selfishness of Satan is found in every single person until they drink the Lamb's humility. The greatest gift that a minister can give you is a drink of the Lamb's humility, but you'll only desire drinking it if you've come to a full recognition of your own pride. Not that I have or Penny has or that anyone has, but that's where we're going to fully recognize the curse of the fall as our own pride from the source of the fallen angels. That's to be without any deception. And it is layer upon layer in the soul that you deal with until you're transfigured in celestial flesh. So that's all you deal with every day. All you deal with. And so you learn how to deal with your own pride and other people's pride in the days of Noah, that these are, you're in the days of Noah right now. And what makes an animal, an animal in the days of Noah, like Noah's Ark, is their pride. It's the animal nature, the beast nature, the mark of the beast. So, so to remove the mark of the beast, of living as a mere animal out of the flesh of the brain, instead of as a son and daughter of glory, out of the spirit, out of the Lamb's living waters and springs in the heart. To transition, it requires someone coming to a recognition of their animal state. Otherwise, you're going to mock the water, you're going to hate the water, you're going to hate Noah, 
Noah's a preacher of righteousness. What made him a preacher? The minister of the glory, the minister of the living waters. We were doing a fun tour of the Gospel of John last night. We had a really interesting night with a lot of people in the house, and we were just lounging around in the glory and encountering God and having fun with God. And so we didn't do a traditional Joel's Bar. We did a Joel's Bar lounge where everyone got to share prophecy and prophesy and, and encounter God in unique ways. And it was incredibly powerful. And after that recording that we put up on YouTube and all over Facebook, we had a time of going through the Gospel of John. And we noticed in every single chapter, Jesus moved from body of water to body of water. That he only went in the water courses. That he went from water to water in every chapter. And there wasn't a chapter that was devoid of water. It was all about the living water. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if you go from water to water, you'll be refreshed as you conquer Psalms 110. If you go outside the water, Jesus could not have fulfilled His destiny except by going from water to water. Was it natural water? Yes. Was it spiritual water? Even more so. Woman at the well. There's the water in John chapter 4. You study out the Gospel of John, it was an ever-increasing glory by an ever-increasing water. John was the water apostle, and the living water is divine love. <laughs> that's so rich. Yeah. <laughs> and the more living water that's gushing out of you, the more you'll go from water place to water place giving drinks. So, you learn to be led by the river and the springs and the water courses, and that's how Jesus followed the Holy Spirit, water to water. And you never have to experience a dry place. After he w went into the desert, he never had a dry place the rest of his life. They had 40 days in the dry place, done. Never again did he go back to the dry place. He never backslid. He always went from glory to glory after he was tested of Satan 40 days in the dry place. So, the dry place is not some place you're supposed to stay. That's like immediate, born again, get it out of your system, now let's move on to the water. But religion has kept people in the dry place so that they don't even begin in the waters, which means they don't even begin in Christianity. It's not Christianity unless it's water to water. It's not. You'll never find truth because they won't have the fruits, they won't have the love, they won't have the humility. The dry place is satanic counterfeit of self. Dry place Christianity, a Christianity that isn't about the water, is a Christianity that's about self and works. And it's as satanic as satanic gets. That is truly what the whore of Babylon is. The prostitute of Babylon of Revelation is dry place Christianity working in the desert instead of letting the spirit of glory lead you from water to water. 
So the answer is come to the river of life and get baptized. Come and drink. Come and sink. Come and float. Come and swim. Learn how to live underwater, dependent on the living water, and let the water carry you from place to place, in the spirit and in the natural. Jesus was led by the spirit and in the natural, simultaneously, perfectly, his entire life. And it's really easy because all you have to do is drink it and be refreshed by it. And the demons will come around and say, you don't need the living water to lead you. Do something in your brain, figure it out, and they'll torment you in your brain where there is no water. But if you were to splash your brain, your soul, with water, the demon can't mess with you there. Any place in your life that's in the living water is a place that's glorified that the enemy can't touch. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the water itself, and it's the shield that protects you from demons. So when you're in faith, when you're in the water, you're protected with a shield. The shield of faith. The river of life is the shield of faith. So, everything that's not underwater is pride. Is satanic and from hell. Everything that is underwater is humility. The lower pool is the springs of the Lamb's humility. When you drink it, it washes you. What does it wash? The dry place. The place where there's still self-awareness, selfishness. The places where we resist the Spirit because we're good in our own eyes. The, the areas of performance in religion. The pressure to look good in front of others is a dry place. Even the fruits of the Spirit and all the things that you know you're supposed to be, according to the New Testament, that's not in the substance of the waters, the gift of the river, the gift of God's faith that you simply drink, that you simply float in, you jump in, anything that's not in those waters is going to be religion. It's going to be pride. Religion is pride. All religion is pride. But all living water is humility. Why? Because it's from a person, not yourself. The whole point of Christianity is that we can't do it ourselves in the law. Old Covenant, here's the Levitical prescription of how you can earn your salvation. And it was not a good covenant. The Bible says it was not a good covenant. The New Covenant is a perfect covenant because it's God in His perfection, in His living waters, in His third heaven realities that are here on earth now in the person of the Holy Spirit, in the rivers of the Holy Spirit, that if anyone were to drink them, jump in them, and float in them, would be carried perfectly into places that you can't go naturally. Christianity is the most supernatural thing there's ever been. There's nothing natural about it. Because you're born of the Spirit in the water. What water? John chapter 3. This isn't a natural water. It's the living water. You're born of the Holy Spirit. You're born of the Spirit of God the Father. So you can cry, Abba, Father, and the waters. Now, how many people, after they're born of 
the spirit of the Father and the waters don't go from water place to water place like Jesus did for 21 chapters of the Gospel of John. You're not going to find one area of John, the water apostle, the love apostle, that it wasn't leading Jesus into more waters. Because you always go from glory to glory. The Father has good plans for you. All the plans that God has for you is for a hope in the future, never for anything evil, never for anything negative. The suffering we bring upon ourselves is because we don't know how to follow the water. It's as simple as that. Until you know the water, the living water, the only prescription of salvation in the Gospel of John, in the book of Revelation, the most important prescription for this time, as the Ezekiel 47 third temple is being established, is in the water. Religion and formulas and prescriptions and anything of knowledge apart from, apart from the water will literally be your destruction. Knowledge apart from the water is pride. That's what all the fallen angels are like. The fallen angels know every verse in the Bible, yet they have no living water. There's no life in them. So if you can be distracted by Scripture that's not inspired, you know the dead letter that kills, Paul called it, or Satan quoting Scripture to Jesus in the wilderness? That's the only temptations of the Messiah. That's the only temptations of the body of Christ. Is the pride of Satan offering you religion apart from the waters. So the only way to be safe and secure from all demonic torment in this world is underwater. And so we're learning new and creative ways to get people to drink, bearing more fruit from being in the living water, and helping people come to the water and drink and then float upstream in the water into the city of God. The new Jerusalem can only be entered by the living water. Ezekiel 47, there's rivers going outside the temple. The temple is in the New Jerusalem. The temple is in the city of David. The city of David representing the New Jerusalem, representing being surrounded by heavy drinkers. So since almost no Christians in the world drink heavily, I mean, I'll, I'll be around prophets and apostles that you know, they operate out of gifts. Gifts apart from living waters are deceptive. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I don't even know you. Your salvation is not even based on the well and the spring of life. It's about something you know in your brain, in your, your gifting, your graces, the five graces. The abuse of the gifts and the, the abuse of the graces in Christianity are, in, are at an all-time high. How do I know that? Because how few drink the water? How few know what the water even is? that know what real Christianity is. The river of life is practically unknown in almost every Christian church in the world right now. In the world! And then the ones that drink, they don't go any deeper. We need to go deeper and we need to establish the New Jerusalem. That's the point of it. It's not just to get drunk and be happy. It's to completely transfigure this universe. The Ezekiel 47 water temple inside the New Jerusalem is what the Tower of Babel tried to be. Do you understand that yet? Babylon the Great has tried with all blood, sweat, tears, and pride 
to become Ezekiel 47, to become the third temple, to become the Tower of Babel, to have access into the heavens and their powers over the earth. Celestial power is the most prized thing in the universe, and there's nothing even close. All the riches are in the heavens, all the wisdom's in the heavens, all the might is in the heavens, it's all in the heavens. Why do you think there's this obsession with Saturn in every religion? Saturn's cube, the occult, the sorcerers, and the seven stars, and the sun, and the moon, and this obsession with space, because whoever rules from the heavens automatically rules the earth. That's what the Tower of Babel was all about. It was a stargate. (laughs) And God destroyed it because He said if they were as one, that they could accomplish it, that they could have access to all the power of the second heavens apart from God. That's what sorcery and warlock and witchcraft activity is. That's what Satan and his angels offer the witches of the world. I'll give you power apart from obedience from Jesus Christ and God the Father. See, all that system and everyone that's in that system is under the wrath of the Lamb right now. And the wrath of the Lamb is strong love. Because all the Lamb is is love. He's a sacrifice. So it's the sacrifice of the Lamb being completely and totally applied with the pressure of divine love upon everyone's souls. And they're feeling it like negativity because Second Corinthians chapter 2 says, to one that is dying, it is the fragrance of death, but to one that is living, it is the fragrance of life. Amen? Because if you haven't died with Him, the glory of God is killing you. And the glory of God is the love of God. Amen? And so, you're dealing with the Tower of Babel and the Water Temple. (laughs) The Tower of Babylon. Babylon the Great. Babylon the Great has fallen. What is it? It's all man's rebellion partnered with all the rebellious angels in all the works of the flesh in the whole world fallen according to the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Babylon the Great has fallen, which is the fulfillment of the prophecy of the Tower of Babel and Nimrod. Nimrod, the world's first hunter, hunting souls and uniting them in one common purpose against God and His Messiah, which is all the satanic works of rebellion, selfishness, pride, sin, lust, immorality, and greed and covetousness in the whole world. It's all Satan and his angels' nature combined to try to scoop up every last person in the world to build a system that can resist God, that can resist the living waters. Obviously, it's completely failing on every level. And we see even just gushes of living waters starting to shoot up in American society. And this is because God, the Father, and the Lamb, and the apostles and prophets perfectly sacrificed on His gold altar before His throne, who have no guile in them, are in total cooperation with the establishment of of principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions of God the Father's divine love on earth. Principalities, powers, thrones, and dominions, not of Satan, but of God. 
Does God have principalities? Where do you think Satan never created anything? You think Satan's the only one with principalities? Not even close. Listen, two-thirds didn't fall. There are angelic beings that are being established over America, and out of America will come world peace, will come the full apostolic witness of the bride of Christ that will cover the earth with divine love. But it begins in America. God has set it up this way. This is the Father's plans for this world to be healed. He's going to establish a principality and a dominion of divine love that's stronger than death. Love that's stronger than death. There's a principality and a dominion. You know what a dominion is. The gathering demoniac had a dominion in him. 6,000 demons. And then the next day they're on the Sea of Galilee and a storm broke out. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That's because that dominion was cast into the pigs and the pigs drowned in the waters and it stirred up all kinds of demonic atmosphere that caused a storm to try to destroy Jesus because the dominion was angry at Jesus for driving him out of the gathering demoniac because they only find rest inside human blood. It's the closest thing to being back in heaven for a demon or a 6,000 group of demons called a legion or a dominion. It's a whole region dominion that has a weather system and atmosphere. That's why you'll go into different nations. You cross the border into Canada, it's got a different flavor. You know, you cross the border into Mexico, completely flavor. What's that different atmospheric feeling of? It's a different dominion. It's a different atmospheric dominion. You feel it going through states. You feel it when you go into Nebraska, into Colorado, into California. Every state line has a different dominion. But a principality is over the dominions. So we're going to establish the principality of love and have dominions over all 50 states in the Union. We will. And it's not going to be hard. It's going to be as easy as you and I learning how to love. The issue is God cannot do anything down here except through man and woman. And you'd be surprised how important it is for woman. Because only the woman was given the prophecy to crush Satan underfoot. It's the full reversal of the curse. The Bible actually says Adam was not deceived, but the woman was. And the woman followed the serpent. And the man, Adam, followed the woman, Eve. So the reverse of the curse now is Eve following God, man clinging to woman. It actually says that. And a man shall, shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and cling to his wife. The word unite there is to cling to his wife and the two will become one flesh. It's the reverse of the curse coming out of the serpent in the garden, the red dragon, which is coming out of pride back into the humility of the waters of the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. It's true. That's why all mankind will follow not a man, but the bride. The bride. And there will be millions of men inside the bride, but it's the reverse of the curse. And the part of the reverse of the curse is the humility of man having control and dominion over woman. Part of the curse was, and women love this message, but it's true, you know, because it's the full liberation of, of man being in pride, which is a demonic curse too, and woman being under man's pride, which is a horrible curse. 
So it's freedom on every level. Because once you're in the Garden of Eden, there's no male, female, there's no a Greek or Jew, none of that. It's just spirit, spirits and souls. That's what Paul taught in the Bible. So you're going back into perfect Garden of Eden, no curse reality, and in order to do that, there has to be a full reversal of, what, of how it was in the beginning. So you go back through the beginning to, to end time. And as it was in the beginning, so shall it be at the end. The end of time is how time began. And time began at the fall when Eve left the glory, followed the serpent, and man left the glory and followed Eve. So now woman is leaving the serpent, crushing the serpent's head underfoot, and all mankind will follow the woman who is the bride of Christ, fully married to God the Father. Hallelujah. Fully married to the Godhead, married to the third heaven, married to the throne. Glory to God. And that'll be the full demonstration of humility. And it takes, it's actually a lot harder for guys. Girls can get this bridal message really easily. Guys, it's actually rare that you can find humility because man's pride is the very presence of Satan in the nations. And that's all they have as an identity. And you got thousands of years of pride being passed on in the DNA, passed on in the flesh. It's carried, the record of pride and sin is carried in the flesh. You can feel it working. <clears throat> Some families are really proud families. Holy Ghost. I'm a Windsor. <clears throat> I have some kind of royal last name. My family did this. My nationality is this. It's all flesh. It's all pride. It's all demonic. That's why when you're born again, you actually forsake your flesh nature and you begin to develop a spirit nature so that you have no identification with the shirt of your flesh and now you identify with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit inside your heart in the name of Jesus so that you're no longer a carnal creature but a spiritual creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you're altogether new. No longer based on the blood of man. No longer based on mommy and daddy. You get a brand new start based on the spirit and the water. Amen? (laughs) And then the key is, once you come out of all this, (laughs) staying in the water. If you can go from water to water, (laughs) if you can go from water to water, you will go from glory to glory, and you will join the water temple. You will join the New Jerusalem. You'll stay humble. You'll stay virgin-like and pure. No unclean thing can penetrate the substance of the water of faith. It's not possible. No unclean thing can penetrate God's faith. The shield of faith cannot be... Our issue is our faith is small. Our shield is small because our water is small. Our drinking is small. Our requiring of the river for every area of our life is small. Our independence from the river is big. Our dependence on the river is small. Your greatness in the kingdom is the measure of your faith. 
and faith is the substance of water. <laughs> so Jesus grew, the Bible says, Luke chapter 2, he grew in favor and wisdom, and he grew by going from water to water. So let, let real Christianity lead you from water to water. And let everything that comes against the living water just be smacked out of the air, smacked out of the sand, smacked out of every heart and mind in perfect love so that you can come into the new Jerusalem so that you can see who you are in Christ and not have an identity apart from the water. The water reveals the true nature of your spirit. The water is the life of the Spirit, born of Spirit and water, the Spirit requires the water, otherwise you'll go back in your mind to the flesh. Having begun in the Spirit, finishing in the flesh, Galatians 3.1, bewitchment, is because a person doesn't go from water to water. They don't learn how to drink. And so that's the main strategy of Satan and his angels, was to keep people away from the living water. That's why it's the most persecuted thing that's ever been. And, and you, you see how people treat drinkers. You see how people, drink, people treat the living water. It is murder. Because it exposes all the works of the kingdom of hell done inside the dry place where they don't let you drink. You can't emphasize this stuff enough because it's the whole fountain of salvation. The kingdom of heaven itself is an underwater world. And so we have all this theology and doctrine and religion in our brains that doesn't have any water in it, and that's what keeps us from drinking. That's what keeps us sick in the sickness of the fallen angels called pride. So, the living water through those that are drinking will expose the pride in those that are thinking. It will reveal how hellish man's theology is that doesn't include the physical drinking of the Holy Spirit. Having the Spirit called Christ be your teacher, the river being your teacher. You have one teacher and he is Christ. Well, Christ is the river. The river is the anointing. There's an anointing here like a river. A river that makes glad, that flows from the city of God. Blessed are they who drink it. So, the anointing can only be drunk because the anointing bypasses the flesh of the fallen brain and works inside the heart. And then your intelligence gets based on your spirit, like God, who's a spirit. God doesn't have a brain. God doesn't have a brain. John 4, 24, Jesus Christ said, God does not have a brain. God is a spirit. Angels don't have brains. Angels don't have flesh. They find comfort inside your brains when you're in darkness, which is the pride of religion. That's what's wrong with everyone. They're Everyone has become a refuge, not for the, the living waters to become crystal clear and sparkling, but a refuge for the fallen angels to be puffed up in religious pride. Everyone's been influenced. Everyone's touched. And the more you go after the water, and the more you go after the promised land of establishing the new Jerusalem on earth and the water temple and transfiguring civilization, the more they'll attack you especially if, you, if you've determined to go after this thing and sacrifice all every day. 
they'll be the most persecuted people of all time. Because this is what completely removes the Tower of Babylon the Great. All the building, everything that's been done in Canaan, our promised land, which is the new heavens and the new earth where righteousness dwells, you are inheriting the nations as your inheritance. And the nations are under the Tower of Babylon the Great. And Satan's not going to just hand it over to you unless you're in the Tower of David. And I don't care how much you pray fast, you could be drinking all day long, you can't do this alone. It takes a team, and the team has to continue growing. Jesus had 12, one was a devil, then he got the Apostle Paul, and Paul's awesome. So it took a a team, an apostolic team, a government of God of 12 apostles in Jesus' day to spread it out and they say convert about 10 million people in just like 40 years, 50 years. They were so anointed that they went from 12 to 12 million in just like 50 years. It's power. That's how it'll be now in this expression of true, biblical, living water Christianity. The living water is unknown. In Christi- like pretty much unknown in Christianity. I know because I'll go out there. It's like no one's talking about what God's talking about. The prophets. What, I mean, there's a few, but it's, it's not the main course. The main course is all this fluff in the head. It's, all, it's so much witchcraft, so much confusion. So people come in to the ark of the water temple like the days of Noah, like animals, because they haven't been taught the transfiguration of the living waters. The living waters are what transfigure your brain from being attached to the flesh and blood realm to being attached to the springs of the waters of life glory realm. So that your brain isn't satanic, your brain is angelic, divine. It's a completely different world, whether your brain's attached to the outside or your brain's attached to the inside. You know Colossians 1.27, Christ in you. The hope that your brain realizes the springs of the waters of life. That you live out of the third heaven in your own spirit. Colossians 2.10, you've been made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And your spirit has already reached full spiritual stature. Which means your spirit is 100% in the third heaven all the time. Mm. Even if you backslide. Even if you backslide. Oh, yeah. You have a genuine born-again experience and your spirit gets regenerated. Those people are still on assignment even if they walk away from what they think is doing good and they stop going to church. I'm around them all the time. You can still feel the Spirit of God in them. And every single one of you has backslide too. No one's been perfect after they've been born again. Meaning that God's able to sustain you even when your brain's not. He's more powerful than everyone's brains in the world combined. And no one's salvation is based on anyone's thought life. Otherwise, they'd be able to kill themselves and it just salvation would be weak. But God the Father sustains your spirit. He does. And when you go back to where you left off, you're right there in the same measure of grace and faith as when you left Him to go out into the world. It's true. Yeah. Prodigal sons. God just meets them right where they're at, puts a robe, a ring, and sandals on, brings them in, feasts, 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 develops and builds up their spirit, and transfigures their mind so they don't go back making the same mistakes. You'll make the same mistakes and repetitive sin patterns until your, your brain burns 
in the living waters because the living waters are also like fire. We say water, but it's fire water. It will completely remove and scrub with little scrubber angels every brain cell in your brain crystal clear and sparkling. Revelation 22 verse 1. It will completely glorify your brain so that there's no darkness, no pride, and no lust, no ideas and no thoughts in the soul from the enemy whatsoever. All influence of the soul underwater comes from God. The enemy will say, oh, you're just childish, and you'd be surprised. They're like oracles. Out of the mouths of children comes perfect prophecy. Because when you're underwater, I don't care if you're four years old or 444 years old, it is going to be God the Father in the water, and a lot of times it doesn't sound intelligent. That's why the prophets need to be super humble to look at the details because God always will humble you for a greater glory. It's not going to be this perfect, prim and proper, suit and tie, professional communication club. You don't need the anointing for any of that. The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men, it is written. It's always going to be foolish because it's a stumbling block to Greeks, a stumbling, or a stumbling block to Hebrews, and foolishness to, to Greeks. Amen. Hebrews and Greeks, which means two different systems of, of education. Two different systems of satanic worldliness. One is charismatic religious, and the other one's just pagan atheist. But both of them are demonic. It's true. I'm not saying everything's demonic about the charismatic church. I'm just saying the Pharisees were charismatic. They loved signs, wonders, miracles. They loved talking about angels. They loved gemstones and feathers and gold dust. They loved all that stuff. That's written in the Bible. The Pharisees were totally charismatic in every way. They loved the resurrection of the dead. What they didn't like is actual obedience. And that's what we see most of all when people come around the glory, is they love the glory. Well, all the fallen angels love the glory. Fallen angels love the glory more than anything. That's what they rob. That's what they kill, steal, and destroy. That's where they get their stolen waters are sweet. Stolen bread is sweet. They steal from the glory. To find, you'll never find a fallen angel ever sacrifice his own soul to submit to the glory's will. And just as rarely will you ever find a person, a Christian, sacrifice their will and their soul to become one with the glory. It's the rarest thing I've ever seen. And anyone that encounters the glory of God, very few actually bring sacrifice of self. And the glory becomes about them instead of the glory killing them and living for the glory on the throne. And that's where most of us have destroyed our lives. Having known about the glory, hearing the knowledge of the glory every broadcast, you hear the revelation knowledge of the glory of God, and yet we still don't sacrifice our own spirit, our own soul, and our own bones and blood for the Father to live through us His pleasures and His plans. That's where most of us have screwed up. We enjoy the glory. We love the feeling of the glory. We like the community of the glory. But we're not willing to fully die to self in the glory. And that's why we've gone so, not so deep in the glory. What, what's going to be different about us in this group and why you saved the best wine for last and the drunkest wine for last, <laughs> the most humiliating and humble wine for last, is that this group will fully sacrifice their entire heart and their root system 
of, of selfishness and pride and all the identity that's separate from the Father, they'll burn it in the living water so that God the Father can be Himself through us. That's what pleases God. That's the path of Enoch. Enoch walked with God and pleased God, for he obtained that testimony that his walk was pleasing to God. Pleasuring God by giving Him everything, every moment, which brings you into full ecstasy, is the path of Enoch. Is the path of overcoming death and living in these higher realms. So people can hear about the realms. It won't do you any good unless you have the same level of sacrifice as Enoch or me. You can hear it all day long, but if you're not willing to sacrifice self, you'll never taste of the glory. In fact, it'll be a stumbling block to you. It will destroy your life. It will eat your flesh like fire. The glory will eat everyone's flesh. There's no question about it, and everyone's feeling it already. The issue is, do you enjoy dying with Christ? Do you enjoy dying daily? Is it a sweet death? Do you enjoy the daily sacrifice of self or do you like and you covet what the glory has built for God's inheritance? Are you holding it onto it for self? This is all about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and you getting caught up into their love triangle. We try to make it about ourself. That's wickedness. That's the selfishness and the pride of the fallen angels still working in us. Because we're immature and we think it's about us. It's not about us. It's about pleasing the Father. Everything's about the Father. Jesus did everything for the Father. We also do everything for our Father in heaven. Nothing for self. And in pleasing the Father and learning how to please God like Enoch, that's what transfigures us. That's what gains a testimony of overcoming death and Enoch never died. So, We're deceived. We're deceived to think that we need to take and steal along the way, covet and be greedy with the glory. I I don't trust God that He's going to give me anything better than this. I'm going to take, 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 instead of just die, 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 sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice continuously, which is the only way to go up into the true treasures of eternal life. Amen. So we have to learn how to bring the daily sacrifice until we enjoy killing our own pride. There's a sweetness in Song of Songs that talks about a level of divine love you mature into where it no longer seems like a sacrifice anymore to die to self and to die to your pride. It's actually a greater hit of glory, a greater pleasure. And we get offended because we've barely died. Paul talked about this 2,000 years ago when he talked about being buried into the baptism of Christ's death. You will never taste the glory internally or in the transfiguration of your mind until you get buried into the baptism of Jesus Christ's death. And that is not a one-time thing. That's an I die daily thing. That's an animal sacrifice. The third temple of Ezekiel 47, the water temple, that we are establishing now by bringing back true living water Christianity prescribed in the New Testament requires that everyone in the water brings daily animal sacrifice of self. And the animal nature is the beast nature of our own pride. 
And those that don't bring sacrifice shall have no rain, the Bible says. They'll have no water. If those, if at any point, even me, if I don't bring the sacrifice of my human flesh nature, my bones, my blood, my brains, my thoughts, my mind, will, and ideas, even my sacrifice in my spirit, at any point do I become content with the level I've obtained, I become a pillar of salt looking back like Lot's wife. Yeah. Those who turn back are not worthy to me, uh, worthy of me, Jesus said. You have to keep growing until you completely consume the world with eternal life and remove the curse of death. That's been our problem. We didn't know how far we could go in this, and religion's been always lying to us externally, saying, that's as far as you can go. You're going to get kicked out of the church if you grow anymore, if you bear any more fruit, if you drink any more living water. And it's like the whole point is to destroy religion. It destroys organized religion, which is nothing less than the tabernacle of Molech and the star refund Saturn. It control, it destroys all the control of Saturn, of Satan, and the fallen angels using our solar system against us with the sun and the moon striking us in our flesh and blood as animals keeping us under an animal state, an animal curse, which we're going to completely destroy by the living waters washing through our star system, washing through our solar system, washing through the sun and the moon, and healing time for time to no longer oppress us and enslave us in an animal state, but to liberate us in the day of the Lord. Six days were not the day of the Lord. The seventh day is the day or the time of the Lord. Where time for the first time since the fall is controlled by the anointed people of Daniel chapter 7 who inherit the kingdom. The kingdom is the heavens. Satan brought Jesus up into a high and lofty mountain and showed him the kingdom of this world. That's what we're inheriting. We're inheriting the kingdom, the dominion, and the principality of this world. And we're removing Satan's principalities and establishing our principalities in a dominion from the solar system through sun, moon, and stars of the seven days of the week where every day of the week will be blessed. And there'll be no more curse under time, but we'll be walking above time and time will work for us instead of us working for time. Amen. And that's all about overcoming death, is overcoming the sun and the moon and the stars to be above and not below. Jesus Christ said, I'm from above and not below, meaning I'm not submitted under the curse of the fallen angels exploiting Saturn and the rules and regulations of the curse of the law and that black stone that fell from heaven is not on my head. I'm not under Saturn's law. I'm not under the curse of the law. I'm above Saturn. I'm above the stars. I'm in the blood of the Lamb. I'm in His resurrection above the second heavens so I can rule and reign through these heavens by the blood and by the water and the authority of Jesus Christ and God the Father so that there's no curse whatsoever in anything ever touching my soul, my skull, my brains, my bones, or my blood ever again. It's the time of the overcomers. What do you think we're overcoming in the book of Revelation? The curse of the fall 
and the full restoration back into the Garden of Eden in the third heaven. And when you get built up in the Spirit in the Garden of Eden, set apart from all that is in the world, then He sends you back like He sent Moses back to take the heavens and take the earth so that First Peter says we can have a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. What is righteousness? Love. Righteousness is love. God is love. King of righteousness, Melchizedek, or you could call him the king of love, Jesus Christ. It's the truth anyhow. It's all about establishing divine love again in the heavens, through the stars, through the sun and the moon, and through the sky, and through all flesh as a principality and dominion of love by men and women fully sacrificed on his altar. Because that's what the enemy of love is. Self. Not sacrificing everything is what shuts down God establishing his kingdom of love. There's been so few, and now we're going to have so many, because it has to be taught and understood. And we're only ripping ourselves off. We're not missing out on anything except love and eternal life and pleasure at His right hand forevermore. And it comes to a place of knowing the Father's goodness, knowing the Father's pleasures, knowing the Father's love and intimacy, intimate knowledge of Him. That's what Revelation is called in Ephesians 1.17. That you may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in intimate knowledge of God, the Father of glory. Mm. Intimate knowledge. Love. And grow in love to a place of maturity that God can entrust you with a principality over America to heal all society and to remove death by love in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Sow a seed into this ministry with $3,500 last month of people's cheerful giving. We were able to reach 1.2 million people in 130 nations. That's how far your donations go when you support this ministry. $3,500 in donations last month hit 1.2 million people in the world in 130 nations. It goes 10,000 times further than television or any other ministry you, you can even look in. We look at it. We compare the statistics. You are getting by far the most bang for your buck when you support this ministry. We are going after this thing. We have sacrificed five crack houses in expenses to, to do this evangelism to transform the nations. We're 100% in for 20 years in establishing the kingdom of heaven on earth. Partner with this ministry and for the world harvest in Jesus' name at redletterman.com. Amen.